This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up? What's up, you guys? Top Rope Nation uh, episode, I don't know, 208, 209, something like that. The WWE WrestleMania Backlash post-show. My name's Ryan Drosty here with Justin Joint and Kyle Ross here to break down a somewhat divisive show i would have to say based on uh what i've seen on my social media feeds tonight we're gonna break it all down give us or give you our comments on the show talk about the highlights the lowlights of the show and uh, get you all involved as we go through this podcast as well so let me throw it around the horn welcome everybody back for another edition of this show mr justin joint what's going on tonight sir um this is kind of awkward uh, I thought this was going to be a review show for Tottenham Hotspurs 2, Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers nil. I, I was assuming Liam was going to be here for this. Almost messaged Liam saying, hey, man, you got to return if the Hotspurs win today. You're going to have to yep. get on at uh, about, what, 3 o'clock a.m. your time, something like that over in the U.K. And join us once again because... Uh, for those of you who did who did turn tune into the show with Liam last week, it was a great show, great discussion. I want to apologize. I should have put a uh, an intro on that, but I didn't have time to. My audio was awful on that podcast. Had some technical difficulties, but hopefully you all enjoyed Liam's conversation with us. Liam was great as always. So check it out in the archives for his comments on the uh, the dark side of the ring. Brian Pillman episode, which he served as an advisor on. Kyle, you joined me on that interview. That was a lot of fun. How are you doing tonight? Good, as I forgot to put my <laughs> microphone in front of my face tonight. Oh, yeah, that whole microphone thing. <laughs> Shit. What an absolute comedy of errors. I'll tell you what, man. First comes WrestleMania, then comes the backlash, huh? Um, yeah, that Liam show was great. And uh, when I watched the match this morning, I was like Bobby Heenan uh, during Harley Race Haku at Royal Rumble 89. Just stood in neutral corner, and I'll leave with the winner. yes guys uh if you're tuning in live thank you for joining us tonight appreciate it like i said let us know in the comments wherever you're streaming the show what you thought of wrestlemania backlash we'll get you involved we're streaming right now on facebook we're on our youtube page we're on twitch tonight for the very first time ever and of course some of you are probably watching on demand if you are please hit that subscribe button on youtube.com leave us a thumbs up if you are on the podcast feeds Please subscribe and um, yeah, leave us a review. Five stars. It helps us out every single time. 
I have one thing to say now that my microphone's in front of me and I can contribute to this show. This was, in case if you were unclear, the first WWE pay-per-view that wasn't named WrestleMania to have WrestleMania in the name. Mm, fascinating. Yes. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Peacock being uh, very slick about getting that name out there again for another live show. Although you could not, once again... As Justin and I were very much accustomed to tonight as we were dealing with our kids screaming, could not pause it, could not rewind. Uh, so if you didn't catch it live and you wanted to watch, you know, something you missed, you have to wait for the entire show to end, Justin, before you go I back and watch it. And it just makes me live it every time. And I know it's coming. I know there's going to come a point where I need to pause it and I just can't do it. It's unbelievable. I had that during the WWE Championship, the triple threat match tonight. Yep, I was trying to get the kids to bed. Exactly the same here. Yeah. So wait, you actually actively put your kids to bed during these pay-per-views? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a book I read my kids, and they were requesting me to read it. So who am I to tell my kids no for the World Wrestling Federation? I couldn't do that. So I did I had to step up and read a book quickly. But yeah, I mean, come on, man. Two months on <laughs> with this WWE network to peacock thing, and you can't even rewind still ridiculous a billion been, dollars yeah i missed the finish and i was kind of bad about like i was actually just doing i just you know wasn't paying attention to my child at the time but i was you know putting <laughs> something away and i missed the finish and i look up i say you gotta be shit <laughs> yeah and then so, i was it was the bailey match and she's like show the replay i'm like okay okay that's good and then they didn't show it <laughs> of course not i, I thought that was just an absolute troll job yeah i assume it's gonna be a big thing for smackdown yeah so I want to start off with uh, what we usually do, give the show a grade, and then we'll uh, we'll bring in our Twitter poll results, talk about where people are at with this one. But uh, I'll throw it around the horn, A through F. What did you give? I'll start with Justin, WrestleMania Backlash tonight. Um, I didn't find, well, outside of one particular match, I didn't find anything overly offensive. Everything inside the ring was pretty solid. I loved the main event. Uh, having said that, I basically cared about none of it coming in. I don't know how much I still care coming out of it. I- I'm going to go uh, C plus. Hmm, okay. C plus for Mr. Justin joint. What do you got, Kyle? What if I just say it was very much a WWE B show, <laughs> B pay-per-view. I C plus, I guess sounds okay. Yeah. Um, See, I can't go higher. I mean, the the latter part of what Justin said really applies to me. I wasn't very into this pay-per-view going in, and I'm not sure I'm very into it going out. Was there some good technical wrestling for three hours? Yeah. But I don't think, like, anything was significant. Like, I would never go back and watch this show. Does that not matter anymore? I know some people are like, oh, there's so much wrestling now, you know. It's hard to go back and watch stuff. I, I don't buy that. If something is like really, really good, I'll go back and watch it. Um, yeah. I don't I, think I, there's anything, even the main event, which mm-hmm. did get pretty um, hot down the stretch and, and had some drama to it. I can't imagine throwing that in again anytime soon. Justin, you be, will you be re-watching that main event? Do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that'll the, uh, probably be it. Cesaro mark here. That might be it, but yeah, I will definitely rewatch that match. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was uh, a definitely like a tale of two shows. We were talking off air a little bit about this. The, you know, the first three matches, it was a six-match card. Um, the first three 
were like pretty average. Like I thought, I thought the women's match that that kicked things off uh, was like mm, it was it was good. It was like average good. It wasn't like blow away good. I thought the tag match with the Mysterios was better, and then of course the zombie thing, which we'll get into, was not great. But then after that, you know, one way to put it, another way, like some might say, <laughs> is it sucked ass. <laughs> but then, you know, you get to uh, the back half of the show. Like, the second half of the show was very, very good. Again, like Bianca Belair and Bailey was awesome. I thought the triple threat was really good. And then the main event was by far the best match on the show. So when you look at it and you, you're evaluating where do you rank it top to bottom, if I'm saying like C is an average show, like what you guys said, C plus is about right. Cause I, I was coming in probably around the main event. I was saying C, C minus for the show. I really liked the main event a lot. So at this point, I'm, I'm probably C plus for the pay per view too. C to C plus. That's where I'm at. Um, let's look at what our Twitter followers have given the show. So Ooh. got it on the screen here. Uh, as of last check, we've got 77 votes in the Twitter poll. 53% have given the show a B. Actually, had about 17% given an A, uh, roughly the same 18.2% have it at a C, and 11.7% a D or F. But yeah, I, I think C plus is about right for this one. Uh, what do we got going on in the chat right now? Yeah, Kyle. I, I was going to say, I said it before, and I'll say it again right now. For me, evaluating a show um, you know, just does not start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Or, for that matter, end at 10 p.m. Eastern. I think, you know, how they, you know, my interest level going in absolutely matters. And I think, you know, what comes out of the show matters. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and, you know, with modern WWE, yeah, if you just watch a vacuum, like, oh, there were some good matches tonight. But a lot of it just ends up not mattering. And, you know, you look at the Raw side, and you kind of knew this coming in. But the two triple threats were just basically feud extenders in the sense that, okay, the, you know, there's one person you know that's going to continue chasing. And this doing a triple threat was just a way to extend that, you know, get him in the ring with the champion. This is Charlotte in the case of the women, Drew in the case of the men. Um, They don't have to lose. We'll have the third person lose in each instance. And we'll move on to a singles match down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, Frank. We got Frank checking in from PW Torch. We got Camille, patron of the show, checking in. Frank says, What up, handsome gents? Thank you, Frank. You're too kind. <laughs> Take away the BS zombie crap, and I enjoyed the show. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely definitely the low light. I think I think that's going to be a pretty common uh assessment. Yeah. From the majority of people. Um, it's it's been said before. I'm pretty sure we've said it before. But a big thing for me is I just couldn't be more over the Thunderdome. And it just it just feels so sterile. And there's just no energy to these. And that that's big for me personally, a big part of why I'm not going to go back to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I think I really noticed it in the Mysterios match yeah. because the way that match was built with, you know, the one guy just getting all that heat on him and you're building the hot tag and no live crowd. That kind of match, you know, is designed to be in front of a live crowd. And I think it it, it really kind of hurt being in the yeah. Thunderdome. I don't know what awards that's won. I, I've given it no awards. The award-winning <laughs> Thunderdome. Yes. 
I'd say the same thing. There's a couple moments in the Cesaro match too, where I was like, oh man, if there was a crowd there, it'd, it'd bring a, this to a whole nother level, but it's just not there. And I think we're going to be stuck with it for a little while longer. How would the crowd have reacted to the lumberjack match with zombies? Oh my God. Can you imagine? Well, they probably would have Ooh. all been eaten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they would have been dragged underneath to wherever the hell. Uh, well, they would have had to get in the ring so that the zombies didn't follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wherever John was. Did we ever get a report on Morrison? <laughs> he was dragged underneath somewhere. Right, straight to hell. Straight to hell. He's dead? <laughs> He's dead. He is dead. He is dead. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> yeah, when uh, when Dominic Mysterio started lumbering out to the ring, the piped-in chants or like the crowd noise started before they even showed him. And it's like, come on, man. They don't see him coming down yet. Yeah, that would have that would have been helped by a live crowd, specifically that match for sure. Uh, I guess, you know, we had a video up on the YouTube channel the other day talking about this, but uh, our friend Andrew Zarian over at Matman broke the news. July 16th, SmackDown, Friday, July 16th, that show is going to have a live crowd. That's when WWE is apparently going to go back on tour, or at least for that weekend, uh, go with a live crowd, because then Sunday the 18th, reportedly, Money in the Bank, according to Mr. Zarian, and then uh, the 19th Raw the next night also will have a live crowd. So. I- I know, you know, much respect to Andrew for getting that report, but I don't think I've ever been sadder for someone I know to get a scoop in the sense that I was really hoping Money in the Bank had been forgotten. <laughs> and they were just going to keep, because remember, it, originally they were talking about it for this date, right? And then yeah. it got pushed back. And then when I saw that commercial for Hell in a Cell, I said, oh my God, are they rethinking this Money in the Bank? Mm-hmm. Finally, because the creative team just, they hate that briefcase. The, yeah. the non-committal way WWE books, the last thing that they want to have to do is sell Vince McMahon on a storyline that's going to take place months in advance because that'll get changed. For God's sake, they had two men, two different guys hold the briefcase the last 12 months, and they struggled to come up with a storyline for either of them. Hey, maybe we'll have Cesaro get it this year. We'll you, guys, you guys probably think he'll win, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. But keep this guy strong. Keep this guy strong after that. Um, we'll start at the top here. So Frank was in the chat. He said, not super shocked. Uh, Rhea retained was the other thing I wanted to say, but I still need more character development for her. Winning a triple threat doesn't fully accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, we could talk about it. Let's start with the opening match, the triple threat. Should we talk about the pre-show first? Or should we talk just to get that out of the way? Did you, either of you guys watch Sheamus versus your boy Rick O'Shea? Yeah, I I saw a little of it, but okay. not the whole match. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just, saw that he was wearing like street clothes. Yeah, and I know some people were like, "Well, it's an open challenge, so it's naturally where street clothes." But how did have they ever explained how that works? No, the open challenge. Like, is it? Does somebody just run to the gorilla position and say, "I got it. It's me. It's me." <laughs> I mean, how, how exactly does the open challenge work? I don't think that's ever been explained. Has never been explained, and I'd like to know, quite yeah. frankly. So, uh, yeah, Ricochet, not you know, not his. Uh, you know, if, if for those of you into gear, I don't think it was his most impressive gear. Um, I thought this match was kind of worked like an '88 house show, to be quite honest with you. Very slow. WWE matches are worked too slow. I'm going to say it, and I don't care if anyone agrees with me or not. I'm going to say it. I guarantee you, this is the only backlash post show that just referenced this match was worked like a 1988 house show. This is why the people tune into <laughs> Top Rope Nation. I love it. That was reference. it was just love like reference, man. it was just like they were like kind of like I don't know grinning at the fit at the camera and it would just be like a move and just sort of 
resting. It was, it was boring. Um, Sheamus won. By the way, I think the open challenge is just the in perpetuity idea they have for every U.S. champion because it worked so well with John Cena. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that now it's like, all right, we've got a U.S. champion. What do we do with him? I don't know. Let's have him do issue open challenges because that works so well for John <laughs> Cena. Realizing that, like, no one is as big a star as John Cena and, like, how important John Cena was to making that work. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Ricochet loses. And I was just so sad when he got his heat back and he put the coat on. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, it was ready. He ran away after being beaten clean. So much for getting us invested in main event and that, you know, <laughs> all-timer series he's allegedly having with Mustafa Ali. Have you caught yeah. any of those, either of you? No. Nope. I, I, I want to know why none of the top NXT talent ever come up for these open challenges anymore. That's what made it something because that was you exciting, have to, right? They don't know because you have to run to gorilla position and y'all, it's me, it's me, Vince, <laughs> I go next. Um Hey, yeah, they, they don't have to travel across the country anymore like they used to, at least. Yeah. I, I have not seen any of the Ali matches either. Um, the great Tate Machine, he's a great follow on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He does, I, he reviewed all of them, and it was kind of what I expected. They're like slightly better than normal WWE matches. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's so odd, though, that here's this guy trying to get himself over on main event, right? Hasn't Ricochet spent the whole weekend? You guys got to watch main event. Me and Ali tear the house down every week. And then mm. they just beat him. And just like, uh, who's the other guy? Mansoor. Like, mm. not a lot of people know this. This guy was on a 50-match unbeaten streak on the B shows. And then he loses by, I think, DQ or something to Cesaro. <laughs> they, like, on his first time on Raw. Like, what a, why even bother with that stuff? Like, yeah. I, it's like, it's like they realize, oh, somebody's getting over on these B-shows. Well, let's bring them up and beat them. <laughs> Bob checking in. Cena's open challenge against KO, one of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was awesome. That, uh, Sami Zayn as well. I mean, that well. the, the, the gimmick worked great. Well, Sami Zayn got injured in his entrance, but still, it was pretty, pretty memorable. So, yeah, it hasn't been the same <laughs> since John Cena. They tried to recapture the magic without doing any of the same stuff right so yeah it's I, and I wish i had i wish i had the cojones to share that tweet about ricochet <laughs> dabbing but no way am i saying that on this air. there was a great nope. tweet somebody should hit ricochet dabbing or no i don't think ricochet will work for that will you i don't remember what? who tweeted it yeah you sent it to me though it was Vic Damone jr check his twitter yeah, account I'll, yeah. I'll mention his name so we get this triple threat and people were kind of at least in my social media circles they were like a little paranoid that Rhea Ripley might be dropping the title already to Charlotte and you know we've talked about on this podcast a lot about the missteps with Rhea Ripley last year and everything and so it was nice to see Ripley retain Um, she beat Asuka she didn't beat Charlotte so clearly I think you know you move into the Charlotte program still moving forward uh, Camille was in the tra- the chat saying uh, Rhea should have pinned Charlotte, tired of Asuka being beat all the time. Yeah, I, I just feel like, don't you think they're just saving the Charlotte thing? Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. That was clear, again, like I said at the top, both triple threats on the Raw side tonight were just extenders. Yeah. And they just beat the, thir- they beat the third wheel in both instances. I guess what this about this match, what I'll say is down the stretch, it, heated up a little bit like they they did work really quick at the end into the finish and that was good stuff it was you know it was your standard wwe triple threat someone gets hurt lays around 
singles match. Someone gets hurt, lays around, singles match. And that was pretty paint by numbers. Um, I mean, overall, like I said at the top, I thought the triple threat that opened was pretty average overall for, for a WWE triple threat. Kyle and I were on the exact same wavelength because Kyle was in our Facebook group and he posted something like literally exactly as I tweeted something out from the at top rope nation page. And it was almost word for word, the same thing, standard WWE triple threat match, you know, decent match, but I didn't think it was anything to write home about. Some people on Twitter were incredibly high on that match, which shocked me a little bit. I mean, if you liked it more power to you, I just thought it was pretty average. You guys have been potting together so long that your wrestling takes have synced up. <laughs> Kyle's rubbed off on me. His takes, his brain is infiltrating yeah, my brain. No, he's like, no, He's like a zombie. He's like a zombie. Yes. So my one big complaint about this match is that they completely missed when uh, Charlotte gave the boot to Asuka. Yes. It's, it sent her to the floor because I didn't see that. And so I'm, you know, Rhea Ripley hits her finisher and I'm like, well, why isn't Charlotte jumping in there? She's just Mm -hmm. on the apron. I was confused too. So wait, that's what happened that the momentum of the big boot took Charlotte out of the match. Okay. Cause yeah, I was like, yeah, what happened? Why didn't she break it up? I thought the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Riptide, Oscar gets beat. Okay. Um, I have a lot to say on the finish myself. Okay. Um, Adnan Verk, God bless his soul, telegraphed this finish. <laughs> and he did it, it in the Raw triple threat, too. Did you guys notice this? I didn't see a lot of chatter on Twitter. He got really, really excited. And I was like, this is going to be a finish. What do you like? I would love for someone to replay when Rhea hit the riptide because he he did it in this like over the top way that you knew they kind of fed it to him and he just delivered it poorly and it, you just knew it was gonna be the finish mm. when he did it and it was the same thing with, with the raw men's triple threat when he when Lashley hit that spear he called it in a way that it's gonna be the finish like it was funny Meltzer was complaining about WWE announcers on the show telegraphing when it wouldn't be the finish mm. but I, you know, I didn't notice that as much as Verk telegraphing the two finishes. Ryan, I agree with you completely that Rhea and Charlotte is the destination here. Um, it, it, it's funny the way Charlotte is presented versus the other two. Like, even though Rhea's the champion, they still see they, meaning WWE, see and push Charlotte as the biggest name in the division. Like, oh, Charlotte. She may not like them, but she respects them. Mm. You know, like th- that's clear. This is so like the big match, I guess, is Rhea and Charlotte. And Rhea can hopefully get her win back from WrestleMania. And then Triple hopefully. H can be Triple H can be proven correct that they're, you know, they had a plan in mind this whole time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just think that this was just a way to not do Rhea and Charlotte one on one yet. Um, it was probably a good idea to do a triple threat as average as it was, because Rhea and Asuka have no chemistry whatsoever one on one. Mm-mm. That their match yeah. at WrestleMania wasn't that great, and that match the night after at Raw was like just downright awful. Yeah. You know, not to be mean, but it was. Um, Charlotte, uh, as per usual, split the uprights on her moonsault. It's yeah. amazing how she does it every time. <laughs> two people, connect. every triple threat, there'll be two persons in there, and she will just land dead <laughs> in the middle of both of them. It is just without fail. It's great. Her, her arms will just kind of graze the two of them, and they'll just knock themselves out like they got hit with a bomb. Yeah, yeah. doesn't look great. I mean, it's a, it's an impressive. It's an impressive feat, flip, but it doesn't look like it would hurt anybody. I yes. feel like that's more on the people on the floor, right? I mean, she can only aim so much. They're supposed to be the ones catching her. Step into it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Facing yeah. it is an issue in the World Wrestling Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's going to mention Charlotte's gear. You guys are gear people. Cruella. 
Yeah, that was sweet. I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the one other thing I didn't like about this match was uh, Ripley's um, antics at the very end of it. Yes, on the top was- rope doing like the Nana Nana Boo Boo stuff. So didn't she do that in the video for the Oscar? But like it was like a moving video um, thing when they introed the match. You know how it used to just be the two guys standing next to each other at the old WrestleManias? Yeah. Like the logo or whatever for the match well yeah she did that to like oscar like this like that. that's bad, bad. really bad <laughs> yeah chris checking in the chat perfect timing so they made Rhea look like a little kid with her taunts at the end exactly yeah that was that was not i think people are still trying to understand like Rhea ripley heel face i i guess she's kind of a heel but like it's really hard to tell yeah but if she's feud with charlotte she's gonna be a baby face exactly i can kind of move back and forth yeah it moved back and forth oscar i guess was the true and true baby face in this match but yeah Uh, just and i kind of want to back up your take earlier right about this being the most average of wwe triple threats i it was about average i think i just i don't know it was just like it just felt like here is your triple threat format ladies Fill in the blanks, you know, a couple, you guys hit your specialty moves, but it's like, it was laid out in a way that no matter who was working that match, like it would have been worked the exact same way. It would have been some different specialty moves in the spots, but the specialty moves would have been hit the same spots, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a, that's the typical WWE criticism is it's the whole company paint by numbers work the same style. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, that was the the third longest match on the show. They got a little over 15 minutes, and then they went into the Mysterios taking on the Dirty Dogs, your boys, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And this one was, I think it was predictable. This is something that our friend Kyle Ryan over on our Facebook group, he has been very adamant about that. Look, this should have happened on WrestleMania. They should have had the father-son tandem win the titles at WrestleMania. They didn't. They saved it for this show. Of course, we got the title change. We've already kind of talked about this at the top where, you know, with the crowd reaction with Ray working from underneath throughout most of the match, working two on one. And then the injured Dominic Mysterio kind of hobbles out and eventually gets the win with the uh, with the frog splash. I thought in this match, Dominic looked pretty green when, he, you know, like the little bit he was in there. We've been very complimentary on Dominic on the podcast in the past. He's very new to the business. He should look green. Uh, but obviously, you know, he he has a ways to go. He's got the genetics to be very, very successful in the business. But he's he's on the biggest wrestling program in the world right now, largely because of his father. I don't think anyone would argue that. But uh, I mean, a cool moment to see Rey Mysterio and his son capture the SmackDown tag team titles. I thought this was at this point, this was the best match of the show. It, it was better than the women's triple threat to open. Uh, it just would have it would have helped to have had a live crowd actually there for this one so i mean do you guys have anything to add other than what we stated at the open uh i think the dirty dogs are not a bad tag team i dude i had the same thought i was gonna say i'm embarrassed to admit that i'm kind of into them (laughs) like if if it wasn't for the fact that 
you know, they made Robert Roode feel so insignificant before this team was created. And mm-hmm. like, there's such a sense of fatigue with Ziggler. Like I'd really like them probably. They, they are a good heel tag team. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's a case of, yeah, everyone just kind of like, no one really bought them as, you know, any kind of long-term thing. I mean, it'll be interesting what they do with them now that they're not the champions anymore. I don't think they're going to win them back. If you look at the future SmackDown tag team title direction, I would assume the Usos are going to be the next tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think eventually they'll get on the same page and and they'll be the ones to beat the Mysterios. Um, knowing WWE, it'll probably be on Father's Day and Dominic will turn on Ray. Um, that would just be par for the course. So, uh, yeah, I... It, You know, there is one other thing I did want to mention as I look at my notes. People always say, ah, what, you know, what's wrong with WWE? Sometimes we talk about how they've got the same people on the TV for so, like, so many years. Oh, my God, this guy's been around. We always go back to poor Dolph in that regard. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go back to him again here. So (laughs) you got the street profits gathering dust on the sidelines right now, okay? And I'm not saying the Mysterio thing wasn't a, a good story. It was a good story, but the street profits are just out there gathering dust, not doing anything with them. And this is like a new fresh act that should be the cornerstone of your tag team division. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching this TV and you see Ray Mysterio and Dolph Ziggler, two guys that wrestle each other, like SummerSlam 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2009. It's an, it's an issue. <laughs> so like, I mean, when you talk about the staleness and we've been joking, you know, how, you know, 2009 to 2021, 12 years, doesn't, doesn't feel like that changed that much in 12 years. Compare that to like a pick a year from the 90s and it's 12-year equivalent in the early aughts. So you mean people that were working at the inaugural SummerSlam in 88 weren't working at SummerSlam 2000? No. <laughs> Deep into the Attitude Era. No. Like that's the, I mean, that's the, you it, even I, freaking imagine? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> crazy. I'm not saying it's like horror. I mean, you know, I want these people to be like, you know, sent to some nursing home or legends house, <laughs> yeah. as it will. But I just think that that's an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people would notice. And I believe it needs to be brought up um, mm-hmm. here. But uh, Dominic, I agree with you in his limited role. Wasn't that great? I thought Rey Mysterio was tremendous in this match, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of gear, uh, throwback to classic Batman, gray and blue. Yeah. Yeah. That was sweet, too. Enjoy that. Um, and did I maybe mishear this, but I swear that I didn't think they didn't outright say it, but on the replay when they were showing uh, Donovan's frog splash, it seemed like they insinuated it was the best in the biz right now when they have Montez Ford on the oh same my brand. God. Yeah. Yeah, they but, yeah they they did kind of say that I guess when they showed the replay, Dominic yeah. put that it was a like it was a good looking frog splash, but my God, Montez Ford, <laughs> it's about six feet higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not great. Yeah, well, Cesaro was also an upstart according to Michael Cole tonight. So <laughs> I don't know whoever's feeding these, you know. And by the way, this was of course the I don't know if you knew guys heard about this throughout the match. The Dirty Dogs definitely had the numbers game. Yeah, it was all about the numbers game. I was waiting for that Royal Rumble video package to randomly start playing. <laughs> hey, man, I just want to say in conclusion that this is why people tune in to this podcast, because if you have listened to Top Rope Nation for any length of time, you have heard Kyle Ross rail on Dolph Ziggler and you just heard him say the Dirty Dogs are a good tag team. That is objective. 
the, we are a, objective on this. They're a the very program. good heel tag team. They are. Yeah. I agree. I agree. L- loved the uh, rude throwing Ray to the outside into Dolph's super kick. That was a great little spot. <laughs> what does it say on their, you know, not Titan Tron or the video boards when they come out? That isn't cool what it was. I, I didn't write it down, but it was like something we're too good, too bad. I didn't yeah, like that. Yeah, like this thing when they're coming down the ramp, like the notes about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that maybe they could scratch that part, but otherwise, yeah, good, a good working heel team. Uh, Ryan checking in. Ryan Gorman here in the chat says WWE has really blown it with the Street Profits. Their stuff with the Viking Raiders was awful. Yep, and uh, now they aren't even the top babyface team on SmackDown. I'll say this: perhaps down the road, you know, I mentioned the Usos maybe beat the Mysterios. We do Street Profits Usos. That could be, you know, six mm-hmm. months from now, a potential mm-hmm. hoot. Chris said, did anyone notice that the video packages were longer than normal? I mean, I noticed at the top of the show because we got that long. Oh, we got to mention this. That long intro with the Dave Batista movie, you know, intertwined. Uh, More on that later. Yeah. Then we had Adnan, Verk, welcome us to the show. And then they went to a video package for the women's match. It was almost 10 minutes before we actually got the people coming out for the first match, which was, they were extremely lengthy. I thought, they, I agree, Chris. They were stretching because, you know, this show basically went three hours proper, did it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of these B shows in recent months have been going closer to two and a half, 240. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like they were stretching a little bit with the video packages, maybe. Yeah. Well, you just hinted at it, Kyle. More on that in a second. Um, we got the Lumberjack match with Damian Priest defeating The Miz. The Miz, who was the WWE champion not all that long ago, uh, involved <laughs> in a, <laughs> a match with uh, zombies. Zombies surrounding the ring. Uh, the, again, the crossover with the... Uh, what is the movie called? The Dave Batista movie? I Army can't of remember. the Dead. Army of the Dead. Uh, so... Okay, a couple of things. Again, it's it's funny to see. I think I tweeted this out during the show. Kyle, you mentioned it. That WWE didn't think Dave Batista's Hollywood career would take off. You know, back around the time of WrestleMania 30, he was telling them about Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's been pretty well documented that they thought, oh, that's not going to be any big thing. <laughs> Dave Batista freaking took off in Hollywood, and now they've got a pay-per-view themed around one of his movies for half the show. It's not just their own talent that they're not good at identifying. Yes. It's also films. <laughs> they're not identifying which ones are going to get big. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that, that led to some hard feelings between Dave Batista and Triple yes, H. Yes, it did. Because it was Triple H specifically. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to be that big. I think Batista did like a Triple H impression about it once. That made me <laughs> laugh. So, you know, like some of them, you got to give them a break because this is crossover. This is, you know, a sponsor coming in, which is definitely why they did it. But holy shit, was this bad? This was so bad. I, so I've, I've got a question. Uh, I missed basically this entire match. Because well, I was trying, I was trying to distract my kid because I didn't want him seeing that. Uh, Ryan, you were very upset about the Bray Wyatt stuff at WrestleMania. Did this one not bother you as much? So here, I, I actually I did think of that because I had just gone downstairs at my house away from my kids to watch it, ah. and I turned. Hey, it wasn't the first match, so I yeah. I still had it on upstairs, and then they showed that backstage, and I ran upstairs really quick, and I I turned off the TV before my <laughs> youngsters could see the zombies. Man, but- you guys are like much better parents than me. Like Mazzy watches, <laughs> and she's like, "Are those zombies?" I was like, "This is very bad." 
<laughs> I mean, Cammy's like, can you explain this to her? I was like, these are just people acting, Mazzy, and Daddy doesn't like it at all. It, <laughs> he's like, Daddy's gonna talk to his friends later, and he's gonna make fun of this because it stinks. <laughs> it absolutely I mean, stinks. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't. I didn't think it was as scary as like some of the fiend stuff. I mean, like, the mask on the fiend can be pretty jarring for little kids. This was just kind of silly, stupid stuff. Like my daughters, if they when they saw the Elvis zombie, they would have been like, "Oh, that's Elvis," you know, because they know Elvis from me being a big fan. But no, they wouldn't. I don't think it would have bothered them too much. But I did turn off the TV. Uh, I wanted to turn off the TV for me though, because this was like <laughs> this was freaking awful, awful, awful stuff. It was. It was not great. Um, I know, I know, like, on one hand, there was people defending it. On one hand, you got to say, like... I want a name. I want a name who was defending it. I want <laughs> Right now, I want you to name somebody. Jonathan Snowden on Twitter was defending it. You know Snowden, No, right? he was. Yeah, yes. I do. Because, you're, well, he mentioned that... You're you know, ribbing like, me. No, you're no, no, ribbing no, me. No, on no, the, no, oh, no, my no. God. Of course he was. Um, oh, the voice of conscience on wrestling Twitter. Yeah, hey, man, I like some of the stuff he puts out, but I, I, I'll say he was standing up for it. And on one hand, I, I didn't like it. I did not like it. But no, I, can see, it, I can see how you can say, like, look, this is a company whose top star was basically a zombie, one of their top stars for 30 years, too, The Undertaker. Yeah, right? and when they tried that stuff in the mid-'90s, it sucked ass, too. <laughs> yeah. like, like, it was funny. I, I'm just sitting there, and I'm – Going, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry, honey. Because it was on, this was on like when we were eating dinner, I think, or finishing up dinner. And my wife goes, So you don't like when they do this kind of stuff? I said, Nope, <laughs> it's real bad. It's just like it made no sense. Like you had priests fight the zombies at some point, Morrison came out for some spots, they kind of blew a near fall somewhere in all this. And then the zombies ate the heels. I'll say this. At least Priest won. <laughs> and then he did his little Archer thing, and we got a commercial for the movie. I mean, it didn't make much sense that the zombies come down, and then they just stop at the ring, right? They don't get. They were very respectful of the rules of a lumberjack match, I guess we could say that, because uh, they didn't get into the ring. They, they patiently waited on the outside and just kind of casually were grabbing under the, the bottom ropes and... Yeah, like as we said, they uh, they dragged Morrison down into the darkness, and uh, we had Damian Priest get the victory. Whatever. <laughs> Priest is a guy who, and I think we maybe talked about this post WrestleMania, should be in like a U.S. title program with Sheamus. Yeah, because Sheamus is a good U.S. champion. You know, to the early point, I, I don't think he should have lost to Ricochet tonight. But Priest is a guy who, oof, God, at least you know he lost to Miz like right after. WrestleMania, but he's beat him twice since. So that's I, you know, I wouldn't have had him lose at all. But I don't know. I guess he won the feud, and I assume he'll go on to something else. I, the Miz Morrison act is awful. It's... I feel like Morrison makes you know. I mean, Morrison's a guy in the ring can do some cool moves, but character wise, mm -hmm. I just feel like Morrison makes Miz so dorky by association. Is that a harsh criticism? If so, I'm not going to take it back. <laughs> Wait, so Morrison makes the Miz dorky? Because yes. I think the Miz was already pretty dorky. <laughs> I, I think Morrison. I think Morrison amplifies it. I just like yeah. these guys, like, I don't know what they're doing, like Johnny Drip Drip or whatever this like nonsense. It's just bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least this this match only lasted seven minutes. And when you go from this to the next one, it's almost like, and this is where the show you cut the show in half 
because he had this, which was awful. First two matches, which were like decent, but not spectacular. But then if you then start here and you watch to the end of the show, you would be like, this is an A pay-per-view. Because it's it's hard to believe that the same company that just put all those zombies out there would then have this Bianca Belair Bailey match, which was phenomenal. I mean, you you literally went from zombies to a video package showing Bianca Belair's WrestleMania win, which was like the highlight of WrestleMania. And you're like, how the f can this be the same company, <laughs> right? And then hey, I mean, Bianca is awesome. They once did Brett Owen in a cage and went to Undertaker Underfaker. That is true. That is true. Uh, I'd rather watch that than the zombies, though, I will say. <laughs> so this match, hey, this match was this turned the tide. It was a really good match. Obviously, Bianca uh, retained. There was a spot at the end where Bailey had been using Bianca's hair, you know, to her advantage, which people opposing Bianca Belair often do. Uh, but Bianca ended up rolling up Bailey using her hair to get the victory. Uh, I mean, good, good match. It's, it's good to see uh, Bailey in the title picture after not being involved at WrestleMania. <laughs> what did you guys think of it? And for those of you in our chat rooms watching along right now, let us know what you thought of the women, the SmackDown women's title match. I missed quite a bit of this one because of an ornery kid, uh, but they really got me with the uh, near fall towards the end where Bailey uh, turned the rip cord into the belly to Bailey mm-hmm. for a close three count. Uh, I, there was a split second. It's like, Oh shit, they're going to put the title back on Bailey. But Glad they didn't write person one. Um, good match from what I saw. Yeah. Kyle. Uh, yeah, this is the one where I missed the finish and uh, sadly couldn't rewind. Uh, fucking Peacock. But uh, the match overall was good. And I thought Bailey in particular was great. It, it really says a lot when you know there won't be a title change. You know, I had written on Facebook earlier today. I mean, it's like next to zero that mm-hmm. I thought we were getting a change here. Yet the performers are able to keep you engaged, kind of like what Justin was saying there. Um, so yeah, they, they did a great job. You would think that there's going to be some sort of rematch based on that finish. Yeah. You know, um, whether it's like in Hell in a Cell, I don't know, but they're obviously going to work each other at that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really have, I'm thinking about, you know, they've got, uh, they just had Bianca and Sasha work, so they can't go back to Sasha yet. Uh, Sonya Deville is, you know, doing the backstage stuff on Raw and SmackDown right now. You had Tamina and Natalia win the tag titles. They're going to be talking about that in documentaries 30 years from now. (laughs) So, like, I mean, who do you have for a challenger for Bianca Belair? Bianca worked Carmella right before WrestleMania, so then that leaves you, like, the Riot Squad. Um, I guess reckoning is is part of SmackDown now. I mean, look, that's I, it. That's I, it. I, that's I the entire division. I, I don't care that they're gonna go. I think they should because I think you know this was the kind of match that shows, you know, um, it's a good first match between the two. We've talked about that before. You know, like when somebody works for there's a pairing that's going for the first time on pay per view. Unless if it's going to be an end all be all. You, you do want to save a little bit for down the road, mm-hmm. right? If they're going to work multiple times. I actually think the beauty of the Bianca-Sasha match was they left a little bit for down the road. Like, I didn't like think that was like a match of the year contender, but I could see how if they did a rematch, maybe it could get there. Uh, so, you know, these two, they had a very good match and it had, you know, a typical B pay-per-view finish where, you know, this feud must continue, but it's cool. 
Like some like just because, oh hey, you know, this feud must continue. That can be good. Um, to be honest, I like it I liked it better here than the lame way Raw did it with the two triple threats. Yeah, agree. I mean you can always you can always work in the the Bailey Sasha stuff too into the feud somehow. You know, Sasha gets mad at Bailey, that all kind of connects and you know, Sasha ends up challenging again at some point too, but yeah, it's an, it's not the deepest roster right now over on SmackDown for uh, women's challengers, that's for sure. Uh, let's see. Ryan was checking in. Sasha versus Bailey versus Bianca Hell in a Cell. Triple threat Hell in a Cell. Like, sure, I, I, I think Sasha may have made some comments. Somebody posted that Sasha doesn't want to work Hell in a Cell again or something. It's, it's somebody thought saw it on Twitter. Or I, I'm not attributing my name to that quote, but I thought somebody tweeted that mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I would be opposed to going back to Sasha around SummerSlam time, doing a big rematch there. Yeah, WrestleMania. I could see that yeah. for sure. Ba- I mean, Bailey just kind of feels like a good first few. I mean, Bailey's not going to win the title from Bianca. I would be shocked if that happened. Bianca is is yeah definitely going to hold it for a while. Yeah, same. So this one, I think I mentioned at the top, this was one that I was in and out of because I was trying to get my kids to bed, but the triple threat. Now, Kyle, you had mentioned in our Facebook group, and by the way, if you all are not part of our Facebook discussion group, join. A lot of fun conversations happen over there. We had a live thread during the pay-per-view. Uh, link in the podcast description or right here on YouTube. Join the Facebook group. But Kyle, you put out a post earlier today where you said, uh, I think it was over under for title changes. And I think you said one and a half. Yes. Right. So some people thought maybe Bobby Lashley would drop the title tonight. This one was like a little bit unpredictable. I I felt he would probably keep it, but you could maybe see it happening. It's a uh, triple threat, and you know, du- triple threats are great for WWE's non-committal booking. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's why they do so many of them. <laughs> Give me a perfect timing checking in. No more triple threats, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. Bobby retained. Bobby retained, uh, but uh, you know, from the parts that I saw, it was a very strong match. Really, really strong match. Uh, you guys, your thoughts. Kyle, you saw most of it. You said, I think, Justin, you said you were in and out on this one, too. Yeah, well, agree with what you said. Uh, from what I saw, it looked like a really fun Haas fight. Yeah, I got to I gotta rewatch this one, and I, that's one of the disadvantages of doing our show live immediately after the pay-per-view, especially with Peacock, is if you miss anything, we don't really have time to rewatch it, but Kyle, you saw most of it. Um, yep. Give us your take. Saw all of this one. Uh, good effort by everyone involved. Um, you know, they did a thing where Drew threw Lashley in the LAD boards, and that gave Lashley a chance to just lay out for a while until the finish when he came in and stole the pin. Um, it, Like I said earlier, this was the second triple threat of the night on the Raw side that was just there to prolong a certain challenger's title chase. Charlotte, in the case of the women, and Drew here. I thought this was a... Uh, noticeably better triple threat than the women in the opener. Verk again telegraphed the finish with how we call it. As soon as last hits, he's lasted with the spear. He was like so like overly excited about it. I was like, oh, well, that's it. And it was. I assume Drew McIntyre is going to get one final chance at the title, probably in a Hell in a Cell match against Lashley, and we'll win it there. It's Hell in a Cell. You got to do it, right? Yeah, it's I mean, that time of the year. Yes. <laughs> got to do it. I, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. It'll be interesting if they, like, I don't know, if there's any, like, added steps. Like, Drew's like, I'll never challenge for the title again if I don't win it. This is my last shot. Or if MVP 
puts that in there storyline wise. Um, I would do something like that and have Drew win the title. Yeah, I could see that. So Cesaro and Roman Reigns, a hell of a match, fellas. Uh, you know, we know Justin was rooting hard for Cesaro. Mm-hmm. And I texted in our group text right before I'm like, oh, they're teasing the dissension with the Usos right before the match. Roman's not going to have them out there. Title change. I was being sarcastic, but hey, man, they made you buy in. They made you buy in. I mean, Cesaro, you were saying in the group text too, Justin, he gave it everything he had, right? <laughs> I mean, I felt like the first maybe one third of this match, it was like pretty average, but then they stepped it up. And I was invested. It was very, very slow early, but I got really, really invested as, as it went on. And it was, it was great stuff. I mean, the best match of the show by far. Yeah. For me, it was once Cesaro got thrown to the outside and really started selling the shoulder being injured. Mm -hmm. For me, that's when it really picked up Uh, a really hard hitting match. Uh, Cesaro was kind of covered in uh, bruises and scrapes kind of all over from how much they were really going at each other. A lot of great spots in this match. Uh, loved the corkscrew uppercut into the Superman punch. Um, and my favorite moment, uh, Cesaro switching arms when he was doing the sharpshooter because he couldn't hold on to it because That's of so the, awesome. the shoulder. The yeah. Good stuff. And then to kind of call back to what Kyle was saying about these first matches and you don't put everything into them, uh, a pretty major move was completely absent from this match, which I think is very telling that there's probably going to be more to come down the road. And it could be down the road quite a ways because it looks like we're getting uh, Cesaro and Rollins, but there wasn't even an attempt at a swing in this mm-hmm. match. Uh, so th- that tells me that we might be seeing this again, maybe, maybe late this summer. Yeah. I would like I would I would not mind a rematch whatsoever. I I think uh, Cesaro and Rollins they're probably going to do a Hell in a Cell match, but I I really really want them to keep Cesaro strong. I don't have a lot of confidence that they will, but I mean, look at this dude went out there with uh, just a few weeks of build to make him a challenger that you think like that you could actually buy against Roman Reigns, and you bought it dude like he got everybody to buy in it it was an awesome awesome match and they went back and forth and you thought he was beat you know he ha- he had him in the guillotine and he'd get out that one that one point where he was in the choke and cesaro lifted roman up like dead weight that was awesome i like that i like the corkscrew um uppercut that you mentioned justin he also did like a uh, corkscrew corkscrew plancha to the outside yeah. which is really cool uh, yeah, this this is a match that I, I may actually rewatch at some point because I really enjoyed it. And it just shows, again, that Cesaro's a guy for, what, seven, eight years. He's kind of been there as someone who the fans really like, the hardcore fans really like a lot. And we've always saw him as a guy that they could do more with. And this show, like, again, he illustrated it right here that this is a guy who could be at that main event level consistently if he gave him a shot at it. And so right. I would like I would like to see him keep him strong coming out of this so that he's always kind of in the picture. I'm, now I just need you to mute Kyle and send it home. <laughs> Kyle, come in and piss piss all over all of that. Go ahead. You guys are way more optimistic people than I am. 
Oh, I, I said I'm not optimistic. But <laughs> okay. I, I would like to see it. I, would okay. like to I see mean, it. I mean, I you know, I mean, again, I'd like six pack abs and to go back to college and have a bunch of threesomes, but that's probably not in the cards. Okay, <laughs> all right. It's also, why you tune into this podcast, people? Okay, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like. I'd like a mountain full of cocaine in front of my computer right now, but again, Jesus that's Christ. not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> um, look, I, I think you're right. It started slow, but once they hit the home stretch, it did get really great. Cesaro selling the arm. Um, I was surprised that the family stuff didn't factor at all into the finish Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the video package kind of made it clear, I thought, that the family stuff was more important than Cesaro. <laughs> so uh, I-, I was waiting for something like that. Uh, look, man, the way Cesaro was beaten down, plus I-, I don't know if he's getting another shot. I don't know why. I mean, he... he- tapped clean i mean yeah he gave a of course he like wrestled well i mean you knew that was gonna happen um i wouldn't be shocked if he lost to seth rollins next month it's probably the most likely scenario because then they'll probably move into rollins and, uh, and look, Reigns, man, but... i know you guys are from iowa and you like but dude when seth rollins walked out that stupid grin and that stupid i was just like oh no dude i would have i would have held that off until smackdown you know, like have Cesaro come out for some kind of promo or something, and then he gets attacked by Seth. I, I, I wouldn't have put it on the show. I would have held it off for the day after Armageddon. And I'm not talking <laughs> about the pay-per-view Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, that was... I I do like Seth Rollins because he's an Iowan, so I have that in my heart, you know, but I was not happy when he walked out either. I was, no, come on, not right now. And I mean, but I do think that they put over Cesaro extra strong tonight. Like nobody bought he was going to actually win the title, but he wasn't a pushover either. And they, they made him look strong. Like I said, like he, he made him, he made his way out of that submission. He fought his way out. He lifts up Roman dead weight. Like he he made an he made an adamant attempt to get out of that and to win the title. And he actually got you to buy in just a little little bit. And so I thought they did about as well as they could. They did better than I thought they would do by Cesaro, to be honest with you. In terms of um like a star rating, like I think this was better than the Brian match from SmackDown. Personally, in terms of like matches that eh, we all like the guy, but he's just not going to win. I did not buy Cesaro's having much of a chance. They have booked Roman Reigns awfully strong to the point that I don't think there's anybody on this roster right now that they are planning on putting over him. What about the uh, the call out that Roman made as he was working over the shoulder to Daniel Bryan during the match? He was like, hey, DB. DV. That was cool. And then finally the announcers mentioned he was talking to Brian. Uh, I like that building off of that, even though, you know, Brian supposedly a free agent, unless he signed, we don't know. So that was cool. Um, I thought just like psychologically the way that they built in the stuff with the Usos before the match was smart because it did make you, even though your common sense told you he wasn't going to win, it made you think like a little bit, as I mentioned in our text thread, that like maybe Cesaro pulls it off, right? Like that added to the drama a little bit. So I thought that that was smart booking to have that right before Roman went out. But I mean, freaking awesome main event. Great main event. That's why it's it's hard to rank the show any lower than a C, I think, just because that main event really delivered. I mean, if you don't like what Roman Reigns is doing right now, I don't know how you watch pro wrestling it's like, so, at all. Well, you know, it's so funny. 
And, you know, one of my issues with WWE, if we have a little bit, if I could be allotted a few moments here, um, is like there's fundamental things about the booking that I just don't like that make that make it hard for me to get into it compared to a lot of people. And like one of them is I hate that there's two world champions. I hate it. I will never like it ever. Like you could bring on seven sharp people that you know, Ryan, who are like, this is why they do it. And I would listen to all seven and I'd say, I don't care what you guys say. I don't like it. And it's nice that you can explain how it works in theory. Now let me explain 20 years of in practice. And it's funny when you talk about Roman Reigns being as dominant as he is, as impressive as he is in the championship role. Like he is clearly the guy in WWE. And when you have two champions like they do, like one for each brand, it limits his pool of contenders. Mm -hmm. And like I said a few moments ago, there's just no one right now that you buy as having a chance to beat this guy, in my opinion. He is like the, he's the dominant champion. That's what always happens. So it's like silly that you have two world champions, even like Lashley. Okay. He can be kind of impressive at times, but he just like, does. he's not even in the same league as Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Like Roman Reigns is the guy right now. And um, I don't know, like to me, Roman and Drew that they did it once, but it wasn't nearly as big as it probably could have or should have been. Mm -hmm. And they did it. What? Cause they had to do it. Yes, it's Survivor Series. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's silly gimmick. Mm -hmm. So having Hell in a Cell out of nowhere kind of ruins the uh, the stigma of the match. Having yeah. the Survivor Series champion versus champion kind of ruins the fact that Roman Drew could have been like a WrestleMania match. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think, at least in this case with Hell in a Cell, that they it'll be justified with the Drew Lashley program. I think I could sense a blow off there. Who else gets it? I think, that, I mean, there's going to be multiple cell matches. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who the other ones will be necessarily, but uh, that should be one of them. Yeah. Um, Ryan in the chat wanted to know, what are our thoughts on McAfee on commentary? So we've been, we've been negative on Verk, who has just, you know, he's a newbie. He's never been around the it's business. It's not fair to him. It's Even not fair to him at all. I said this on the podcast when they, when they first brought him on, it's like, dude, they take this guy with no experience in pro wrestling and they put him on the flagship show and expect him to succeed. Like he takes all this heat from the fans. Obviously he's not going to be any good. He has to learn and to learn on the job on WWE's, you know, flagship show it's not fair to him at all, but he is not. He is not good. Adnan I thought Burke they should have. They should have let him call the Michinoku driver from Fred. <laughs> they were feeding him some facts tonight. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, oh, Bobby Lashley. The last time he was in a triple threat, he lost a title. Yeah, McAfee is better than Adnan Verk, but I don't particularly like him either. <laughs> to be to be completely honest, he kind of. He's a I know this sounds weird because it's pro wrestling. He's just like a little bit over the top, but like over the top in a not believable way. I don't really know how to put it. It's just, it's like an inauthentic way. And you know, like there, you always have people on commentary that are over the top. Jerry Lawler, for example. But like, I don't know that it works great for Pat McAfee. He's he's better than Verk, but I'm not a huge fan so far. I could see where he will work out though, because he he is very talented on the microphone. So, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about Pat McAfee? Is he in, like a an announcer or something? Are those guys that talk during matches? Or <laughs> yes, that's why I just enjoyed the last man that you want to go to for professional <laughs> wrestling commentary. Yeah. Um, 
you know, <laughs> he's, he's I, able to tune it out. I mean, <laughs> well, a, and I'll, a special I'll tell you ability what, not listen uh, to those guys. I will tell you what, Justin, if there ever is pro wrestling announcing that is fairly easy to tune out, it is the modern WWE announce team. It is just so vanilla. And that's actually the point I want to make with Pat McAfee. He was brought in because he has kind of this personality. Right, that's gotten him famous. I mean, he's got a, a sh- his own show mm-hmm. that, that that's pretty famous. And when I listen to him, it feels like they're trying to mold him into a typical WWE announcer, which I think is a colossal error. Like he yeah. says the kind of things that you would just expect Corey Graves to say or any WWE announcer to say, where he's not bringing his own personality, like. To me, it's like you should just let Pat McAfee call a match like, like you know, I hate this, like the casual fan. You know, I, I hate that so much. But like he should call it like that. He should ha- be allowed to have his distinct style. And when I listen to him, I'm just like, yeah, you could totally tell they just want him to be fairly quick. He uses the same buzzwords that mm-hmm. the other announcers do. Um, he When he tries hyping things, sometimes he, he's a little over the top. Like I think he, claim Robert Roode is one of the great singles wrestlers of all time today. That That's sim- simply not true. He also did, and I joked about it earlier, he was the one who said they're going to be making documentaries about this Tamina title win 30 years from now. <laughs> and of course, Come he has on. the butt on Peacock. Come so, on. So like, you know, I mean, it, it, it's this is a incredibly unfair statement to make, yet I'll make it anyway. He's not Jesse Ventura, which is like, I think they kind of want him to be like their 2021 answer to Jesse Ventura and the way it's going, just no way that's never going to happen. I mean, he's only been doing it for a couple weeks, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Camille checking in says better than Lawler and his old school jokes. I mean, Lawler had gotten really cringeworthy by the end, which, Hey, they recognized enough to take him off. By the end, you mean 2002? Yeah. (laughs) He, he, uh, (laughs) But it, like in the '90s, Lawler was very good. Yes. But yeah, 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 yeah. He, he had he had he had gotten basically once they got to the him screaming puppies all the time. He was. He gone. just. I mean, he fell back on it. You know, he never was good after he came back from his 2001 firing. Mm-hmm. I just thought he like kind of like phoned it in and relied on shtick. Wait, like you said with the puppies, way yeah. too much. Um, you know, I I loved Jr. and Paul Heyman, and I think that kind of framed it for me. Like where I was like, God, like I would listen to Lawler when he came back and replaced Heyman. It's like, yeah. God, I just loved Heyman so much more than I loved Lawler. I know Bill Simmons was the opposite way, and that made me stop liking Bill Simmons. Actually, <laughs> like he, I, I read a WWF pay per view. He's like, Can we get Jerry Lawler back? I was like, I don't know if I like you anymore, sports guy. <laughs> oh, Justin, your your boy, Bill Simmons, yes. Oh, I like man. Bill Simmons. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that was uh that was WrestleMania backlash. The yeah. first WWF pay-per-view not to you know to have WrestleMania in the name, but it wasn't WrestleMania. Yes. I think they should keep it going. WrestleMania Hell in the Cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh hey, a marketing gimmick that uh I guess works for him. It's not a terrible idea, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, just I mean, even from like a, a web search thing where WrestleMania, the term WrestleMania is trending, and you, you capitalize yeah. on that a little bit. I mean, bit. It, it's better than vengeance or uh, stomping ground or, you know, fully loaded. These like yeah. just generic wrestling pay-per-view terms. Yeah. Or full gear. Okay, well, let's be objective. Yeah, full gear is not great. 
Um, I wanted to mention before we go off the air, guys, that uh, this Wednesday night, Kyle and I will be streaming. You see it on the screen right now over on the Locker Room app. <laughs> I saw that pop up and I said, what the hell's going on on my computer, man? <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know it was going to start sharing yet, but uh, I was trying to get it ready for the next window. I'll go to it right now. Wednesday night will be our next show. Uh, we've been doing this every Wednesday for the last few weeks. Kyle and I get on the Locker Room app. We talk right after Dynamite. It's like an extra bonus show we do every week. We have the normal podcast dropping every Friday morning and, of course, Sunday nights on pay-per-view nights like this. But uh, Wednesday night, if you like our podcast, check it out. It's only on Apple right now, but it will probably be expanding to uh, Android pretty soon because Lockroom was bought by Spotify. So we're kind of waiting for that to blow up. Yeah, but right now, if you go on your Apple devices, search Lockroom, download the app. It's very similar to Clubhouse, if you're familiar with that. And when you get on Locker Room, follow myself. I'm at rdrosty, D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle is at TRP Kyle on there. And then if you follow me on there, I can send you an invite when we go live. You can also find the shows on the homepage. Uh, about 15 minutes after Dynamite goes off the air on Wednesday nights, tune in live on your phone. We're able to take live callers through your cell phones on the app, which is a lot of fun. We've had some really good shows on there. If you want to get access to the Locker Room broadcast as a bonus podcast where you can listen on demand, the only way to get that is on our Patreon page. So if you join up, patreon.com slash Nation, the link's in the description of the podcast and here on the YouTube page, you get a bonus show from us every single week. So four extra Locker Room shows, we call them Top Rope Nation Extra on Patreon, Plus, you get our monthly Top Rope Nation Classics Deep Dive show, which has always been exclusive to Patreon. We will be doing Wrestle War 92 here in a couple of weeks uh, for May. That's going to be a lot of fun. Five bonus shows a month for five bucks. It's the best way to support the show. So, you know, if you don't have access to the Locker Room app, that's the only way you can hear it. Or maybe you have access on an Apple device, but you want to listen on your own time and not have the phone open for an hour after Dynamite. Just listen on your podcasting app best way to do it so check out the patreon page those shows have been a lot of fun especially last week's show if you want to hear what i think kyle was maybe the best 20 second open to any top rope nation podcast ever (laughs) yeah the only way to hear it's on patreon so support the show on patreon you get five (laughs) bonus shows a month and you got to hear the one that we just did last week it was it was good good i got four words for you bobby heenan hog wild 96 (laughs) yeah maybe six even (laughs) <laughs> so yeah hey man thank thank you for your support thanks for everyone oh, who tuned in tonight yeah there is one other way you could listen yes you could just beat somebody up and take their iphone that's true <laughs> that'll work i don't endorse it but it will work <laughs> oh man no it's, it's been awesome it's it's fun thank you to locker room because they're sponsoring those shows and so that's that's been cool to let us do an extra show every every week on wednesday nights <laughs> And we didn't even have to steal their iPhones to do it. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> follow me at Ryan Drosty on Twitter. You can follow Justin at Justin Joint. Kyle's at TRP Kyle. And uh, the show at Top Rope Nation. We are everywhere. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And uh, of course, the Facebook discussion group that I mentioned earlier in the show. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be back later this week. Hopefully you guys have a good week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. TopRopeNation at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next time. I just won my fantasy basketball league. Nice. (laughs) Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) See you guys.